Uh, we started a new series this week, and uh, I've called it, I've entitled this new series, The New Normal. The New Normal. This is one of those catchphrases of 2020 uh, that we've, as a result of, of what's happened, you know, they're talking about the new normal of different, different uh, types of behaviors that we have to start to observe in order for us to change and uh, overcome this. Uh, we're, we're living in strange times. Uh, but, but if you just go back 100 years, imagine if you were, imagine if you were born in, in 1900. By the time you're 14 years of age, uh, World War I would have broken out. And then by the time you're, you're in your 20s, the Spanish flu breaks out. And then in your 30s, you go through the Depression. And then in the 40s, World War II breaks out. So actually, these, these times are not too bad. But there, there is the new normal that they're talking about. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to get to the Word of the Lord in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It is our habit, it is our custom to stand for the reading of God's Word. So if you'd like to stand, if you brought, trust you brought your Bibles with you. If you don't, you can look at your Bibles on your phones, your devices. And if you don't have that, you can look up on the screen. Also want to say thank you to everybody that came out yesterday to help with the working bee. Thank you for taking your Saturday time out to help us. And the church looks brand spanking new. Amen. Sort of. Second Corinthians, thank you for all those that helped. Chapter 5, verse 17 to 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Everyone say, all things. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us, that is to the church, the ministry of reconciliation. We've got a ministry, folks. And what is that ministry of reconciliation? He says in verse 19, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word or the message of reconciliation. God has put it in our hands. He's given it to mortal men to propagate, to minister the message and the word of reconciliation. So I want to talk to you today on uh, born, being born into the new normal. Born into the new normal. Would you pray with me one more time? Father, we thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your anointing that we feel. So right now we ask you to speak to our hearts, that you would open our minds, oh God, to receive your word. Let your spirit move in this place and empower your servant and your people that we would hear from you to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. You may clap your hands one more time and give the Lord praise. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. Talk about the new normal since this pandemic and the restrictions that came. Part of one of those new normals is we had to do live stream services online. Uh, we had on Easter service, Easter this year, we had nobody but the, the tech team and the music team. It's a strange thing. And thankfully, we have been doing live streams for a while, and, and uh, it's already normal for us. But it is amazing to think of the technology that is available to us today that we can reach into the far places throughout the world. We have people that are watching us, and we welcome those watching us from other cities, other states, other countries. We're glad that you're joining with us. But the way technology has brought us to this point, it is absolutely amazing. In fact, I've got one of these fancy uh, Apple Watches. Anybody got one of the Apple Watches? <laughs> I, I got it last year. The first, uh, within the month, I cracked it. I, I was playing tennis, and I missed the ball, and my racket made contact with this. And... But in, in this watch, 
research shows that there is more computing power in this watch than all of the computers that brought uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin to the moon in 1969. More computing power in your wrist. It, it's absolutely amazing. But I, I couldn't help but be frustrated with this watch this week because uh, I, I, it was telling me that I had to update the software. And in order to update the software, I had to have a certain amount of space. Have you ever experienced that? And so I, I was trying to free up all the space on my watch so that I can update. And, and it's kind of malfunctioning because I hadn't updated for days. And, and I'm a little OCD sometimes, you know. If there's something, if there's that, you know, that red dot that, in that app saying that there's still some unmet, unfinished business, it gets to me. I, I got to get it done. And so I'm doing everything I can to free up space. I've virtually deleted everything on this watch except to tell the time. <laughs> I've virtually gone through everything. I said, I, I was up to it. I could not update. It was just like there was like one megabyte left to free up. And for the life of me, I, I couldn't delete any more stuff. So I felt like taking this watch and just flushing it right down the toilet. <laughs> I was reading through everything that I could to try. And then I, I came across this this chat, and he says, simply said, try turning it off and on. Surely, hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars on these devices, something so sophisticated in technology that in just one button, and I thought to myself, of course. I, I you know, in my professional life, I learned to use PC. And, and if you've ever been a PC user, I, I, I converted to Apple. Many years ago, I became an Apple-stolic. I changed from PC. Because there's one thing with PCs, man, that, like, you know, for computer guys, it's really good. But, but for guys like me, I'm not a geek. I, I don't know much about computers. But, but I came to learn something with the PC that, that when you get in trouble, there's that big button in front of that machine, and you just press that button. <laughs> turn it off and and by a miracle from God when you turn it back on all of the problems have disappeared it's all gone and and, and I'm not I'm not very I, I'm not one of those computer guys and so I'm not very proficient with it but I learned the scientific formula I came to discover the scientific formula called control alt delete and when I learned that I learned to use it time and again so that it could help me reset and get me uh, through out of my problem. Amen. Can I tell you that God has also given us a reset button for humanity. Amen. There's a way that mankind could be rebooted. Praise God. It is through the gospel of Jesus Christ where the Bible says when God came into this world, he enrobed himself in flesh and he went to the cross. And on that cross, he laid down his life, he breathed his last breath, and he shed his blood, and he died. And with his death, he has allowed humanity the ability to be able to be uh, rebooted, if you will, to be able to reset a spiritual control or delete amen, that you can start your life again, that God said... It's as if you can be born again. Amen. Jesus uses this analogy. He said in John chapter 3, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. Can I tell you that you can be born again? I believe God knew that, that, that humanity would become so depraved that sin would wreak such havoc in the lives of human beings. God knew that sin would, would create such, such a demise and destruction in the lives of people that Jesus said, I'll give you another chance. In fact, I will give to you a new way. You can be born again. You can start as it were your life all over again. Oh, I've come to preach to somebody. I've come to tell you it doesn't matter how dark your life has been. It doesn't matter how broken, how empty, the abuse, all of the messes, all of the drugs and alcohol. It doesn't matter the kind of life you lived. I've come to declare to you the gospel of Jesus Christ, which says we can remove all of that and you can start again. 
Hallelujah. Oh, it's the greatest message. It's the most wonderful message that you will ever hear. If you'll never hear another preaching message again, I want you to know it's not because of me, but this is the greatest message that you will ever hear. Except a man be born again. He can't even see. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It's like a reset system. He's not saying you're going to be a, a reformed alcoholic. He's not saying you're going to be a rehabilitated liar or you're going to be a changed, a changed adulterer or idolater. He doesn't say that. He said, when you come to my kingdom, you're going to be born again. You're going to start anew. It's as if he's going to give you a new identity, a new life. Oh, hallelujah. And I've come to tell somebody, uh, you can have this new life. It's a new normal. You don't have to live with the curses of the past. You don't have to be held hostage by the mistakes of yesterday. But you can live a new life. Oh, hallelujah. I I'm sorry for shouting. I get a little bit excited. Please forgive me. I know maybe I'll just get a stool and talk to you for a few moments. This, amen. He gives us a new life, a new identity. In fact, Paul tells us in the text that we read, he said, if any man be in Christ, he is a whole new creature. Amen. He, he said, it's as if your very nature, it's as if your, your, very, your very essence of who you are is transformed. Amen. It's like you're Optimus Prime. You go from being a truck, a semi-trailer. I can't make the sound. I'm sorry. But you become a whole new creature. He said all things are passed away. The old stuff. He said all things have become new. Amen. He gives to us a new start. A new beginning. And of course Nicodemus in John chapter 3 when Jesus gives this this lesson, he explains to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus comes to him and says, you know, Master, I know you're, 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 you're a teacher come from God because nobody can do these works except God would be with him. And Jesus doesn't mince any words. He doesn't pull any punches. But he simply tells him, he said, Nicodemus, verily, verily. And whenever the Bible repeats a word, you know, there's emphasis. He says, verily, verily, or truly, truly. Except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus kind of understood what, what Jesus was talking about. He said, but how? I'm a grown man. How can I enter a second time into my mother's womb? And again, Jesus explains in John 3 and 5. He says, verily, verily, truly, truly, except a man is born again of water. Amen. And the spirit... Two things. Water, you've got to be born again. We can't go in a mother's womb a second time. That's an impossibility. It's a spiritual rebirth. Except a man is born of water and of the, capital S, spirit. The spirit of God. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. It, it sounds like a complicated process. But I want you to know it is as natural as a woman giving birth. That the natural birth is reflective of the spiritual birth. Amen. That in order for the baby to come into this kingdom, into the kingdom of the human realm, the physical realm, he has to be born into this kingdom, into this realm, if you will. And it's the same with God. That when you are born again spiritually, you will now enter into a new realm, if you will, a new kingdom. That when you're born again, yes, you may look the same. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're still going to have that funny nose. You're still going to have the ears that stick out. I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that your love handles are going to disappear. But it's a spiritual rebirth. You'll still look the same. But when you are born again, you now enter into a new invisible kingdom 
the kingdom of his dear son amen that they you know just like if you were if you were born to royalty you you would be born into you know if you were born to the the, the royal family of sweden then you would be uh, uh, you know the crown prince or the crown princess as you were born into that kingdom amen and you know if you're born to, to the queen of england you know or, or her or her her children then you would be heir to the throne and you would have all of the privileges all of the entitlements that is due to the child of the monarch can i tell you it's the same when you are born again you are born into the kingdom of god and you might not have a castle you might not even have a, a worldly title but it, can i tell you when you were born again into god's kingdom you were entitled to all of the privileges all of the blessings oh hallelujah that's why you ought to walk with your back straight you ought to walk with your head high the regardless of how bad life is let me remind you you are the child of the king hallelujah you are a prince and princess you are god's blessing you are god's children and you have all that he has promised hallelujah glory to god so you may not grace the cover of the magazines of this world let me tell you you are on god's agenda you are part of his prophecy and and so here it is it's very simple how do you enter into this kingdom? you got to be born into it. You don't sign an application form. You don't give a little bit of money in the bucket and say, here it is. No, you you got to be born into it. Amen. It's the only way to enter the kingdom. You're born into this kingdom. And just like a natural birth, it's similar to the spiritual birth. Let, let me explain this to you. The way natural birth happens, uh, first of all, the, the seed of the male progenitor travels through the canal... Okay, kids, you go to Sunday school right now. <laughs> and the seed finds a fertile egg. And when the seed connects together with the egg, something happens. What's it called? Conception. Conception takes place in the womb of a natural baby, a natural mother. Amen. It's the same way. If a person is going to be saved, there's got to be, first of all, the seed. And the Bible tells us the seed is the word of God. And when the word of God travels and penetrates the heart and it finds a heart that is fertile, it finds a heart that is willing, that is ready. Amen. You remember the parable of the, the sower? Remember that? The, the parable of the sower? The sower went out to sow. He went to sow everywhere. Didn't matter what kind of soil it was. He sowed everywhere, threw seed everywhere. And wherever the seed went, you know, it landed wherever in different places. And the parable of the sower teaches us that there are four types of soils that the seed landed into. And out of the four soils, only one of them is good. Amen. I pray to God that more than one quarter of the population of the world will be saved. Amen. But only one quarter of them, the other soils, some of them, a couple of them received the, the, the word, but yet kind of, you know, had other things like they had worldliness and, and, you know, thinking about riches that caused them to choke out the word. But with that one soil, the Bible tells us the seed was found in that good soil and that good soil received the word, the seed, it germinated and it began to sprout into a plant and it brought forth fruit. Amen. And that's how salvation begins, folks. It comes, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That when you hear the word of God and it penetrates the heart and mind and there is inside of your heart a soil, a heart that is open, a heart that is willing to receive, faith is conceived. There's a belief that begins to take place in the heart of that individual. But can I tell you here today that nobody can will to you a heart that would be receptive? 
Nobody, not even God himself, can make you have a heart that's open and receptive to the voice of God and to the message of the gospel, but you've got to do that yourself. You, you've got to open up your heart. You've got to say, God, I, I want to have a, a heart that's ready. I want to receive your word. Can I talk to somebody here today and tell you that it's up to you? It's your responsibility whether you're going to believe God's word or not. But if you've come here today, under the sound of this voice open up your heart like the Bible says today if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts hallelujah glory to God that, that's the thing with us human beings is we're incredibly stubborn and, and you know what the original sin is the original sin is is pride because the Bible tells us of Lucifer, who was in the presence of God, was filled with pride before he was cast out of heaven and into this world. And the problem with pride is, is that once you think you've got it, you've got a handle on it, then that's when pride comes in. The moment you think, well, you know, uh, it's like the guy that has a, puts a badge on his lapel saying, the badge would say, the world's most humble person. It's an oxymoron. And the thing with, with pride in our hearts is we can look humble on the outside. Or we, we can look solemn uh, on the surface. But on the inside, we can find pride in how humble we look. Amen. I want you to know that, that nobody can will to you, not even God himself, can come into your heart and make you humble and make you turn but here I've come to tell you that if you humble yourself, the Bible says, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will lift you up. Praise God. He resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Amen. He pours out grace. It doesn't matter how bad your circumstance is. If you humble yourself before God, he will, he will lift you up. He will pour out your, his grace upon you. So don't let stubbornness and pride. Come on. I'm, I'm hurting. I, I can feel it right now. I'm hurting some of y'all. Amen. I'm, I might even need to stay here for a little while, get a little sledgehammer until, until that, that hardness of heart begins to break. I, I'm talking to myself too. Hear me today that God can't do anything with anybody whose heart is filled with pride and stubbornness. Oh, but if you put your life in the hands of Jesus and say, God, here I am. I'm nothing but a sinner, a dirty, rotten sinner. I'm telling you, your God can perform wonders. He can perform a miracle. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, when the seed finds good soil, and in any given audience, out of the soils, the four souls, only one of them is good. Only one of them is saying, God, I, I believe your word. I receive your word. And something powerful can begin to happen. Conception begins. Life begins. And so after conception, there's, there's a life, then there's a process. The baby doesn't come out right at the moment of conception. There's a gestational period of nine months that takes place. And that baby begins to grow in that womb. The heartbeat starts. The brain, the limbs all begin to form. That's why when you don't, don't get frustrated when you're sharing the gospel with somebody. And they don't come straight away. In fact, don't, don't even invite people to church. That, that's not your first goal. Your first goal is to share the gospel to people. Amen. And once, once the, the word gets in there, it, it may take a little while. Now, I admit there are some folks who have, maybe they're already pregnant. They're ready to come to church. I need to come to church. I need to get saved. But, but some folks are like elephants, man. They, you know, the baby elephant and the, and the mother elephant takes 22 months for that baby to grow in that womb. It's a long time. Some folks, don't get frustrated, folks. Maybe you've got family members that don't want to come to church, and you shared, and you prayed for them, you just wait. Amen. And some folks are like elephants. They're going to take a little time, but when they're born, they're going to make a big impact. Amen. Paul said, I was one who was late 
I, I, I was a late baby. <laughs> Amen. And so the process of growth takes place. And, and when that baby begins to be born, it's getting ready. Something happens inside the womb. What happens when the baby, the baby, all of a sudden, it begins to turn its head. And the head turns upside down. And as they say, when the head is crowned, when the baby is getting ready, its, its head is down, it's getting ready to pop out. And when that takes place, you know, anytime the baby can come out. And it's the same with being born again. You got to hear the word. And then you've got to turn. You've got to repent of your sins. Here, here, here's what Peter, the apostle, said to us. The very first message of the church in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. The very first message that the church ever preached was Peter. If you want to know what did the church preach, if you want to know if the apostle Peter was, was alive today, if he was here right now, he, he stood up, started to preach about Jesus Christ. They were so convicted. Verse 37, the Bible says, the people who heard him preach called out to Peter and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter in verse 38 simply said to them, repent. Now that's kind of a strange word for some. We're not used to this word. We don't use it every day. But it simply means to turn around, to change your direction, to change your mind. Amen. It's the same message that was preached from the beginning when john the baptist began his ministry his preaching message was repent for the kingdom of god is at hand and when jesus began his ministry you know what he preached he preached repent for the kingdom of god is at hand and guess what the very first church service on the day of Pentecost, almost 2,000 years ago, Peter stood up and began to declare, repent, all of you, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of, can I tell you, with a simple act of turning your life around, you can be born again, you can start anew. Oh, hallelujah, don't underestimate the power of repentance. The Bible says when one, one sinner repents, there's joy in the presence of heaven and God's angels. Oh, hallelujah, if we just had one person today repent, you're throwing Jesus a party in heaven. There's power in a simple decision. Oh, hallelujah. And can I talk to some born-again believers, those of you that have already been born again, that even if you commit sin after you've been baptized, when you simply repent, the same power that washes away your sins at baptism also removes your sins at repentance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I don't know. I wasn't born into this thing. I wasn't born in Pentecost. I came to Australia at the age of 16, was out on the streets doing drugs, selling drugs, doing all kinds of stuff. I got involved, you know, with a bunch of islanders and a bunch of Kiwis. And they, that, that, that's my story. And I'm sticking with it. They, they took me down the wrong path. And I was just a follower doing crime, doing that stuff. At 19 years of age, I came to look at my life. Stoned every day. Couldn't get a job. I would wake up in the middle of the day. Had nothing to go on. And I was so miserable. I was so depressed. And when I heard the gospel, when my brother came to my house, began to preach to me, something in me wanted to change. I said, there's got to be something else there's got to be something better there's got to be something more there's got to be more life than the brokenness and the mess and the regrets of life that this world has to offer and so I turned amen I turned began to follow and see what this is all about I wasn't a believer I wasn't a Christian and just, just like that baby that turns, it's ready, it's crowned. And then once the baby is, is turned, it's ready, then what happens? What's next? Come on, some of you mothers. Pop quiz. Labor. A bit more specific than that. The water breaks. Oh, you're cheating. You were here in the first service. The water breaks. Amen. It's been a while. 
the water breaks. When the water breaks, the baby's now ready to come out. Amen. And that's what, again, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. What's baptism mean? It means to break the water by being immersed or submerged or buried in a watery grave. Hallelujah. When you repent it, when you turn and you believe, then you got to get in the water to be baptized. Why? So that you can have your sins washed away. Remission for the remission of your sins. There's only one way. The Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And that baptism is in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. If Peter was alive, if Paul was alive, he would get you and command you to be baptized, submerged in water, calling on the one name, the only name that will save your soul, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, and something miraculous happens. There is this supernatural transaction that takes place when you get baptized. Somehow when we call on the name of Jesus, the blood, the, the pure and innocent blood of Jesus is applied over your life. And when you come up out of the water, every sin that you've ever committed is removed, never to be remembered again. Your sins are washed away. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. That's incredible. That's amazing. Your sins are completely removed at baptism. You know, we don't see your sins there. It doesn't, you know, when you come out, you don't, it's not black there at the bottom of the, the baptism. But your sins are totally removed. That's what it says. Acts, give for us Acts chapter 19, verse number 1. And there's only one baptism. And, and I'll have to tell you this now, please. We're, we're not in the business of condemning anybody here in this church. We don't condemn anybody. Everybody, every, we're all flawed human beings. But I want you to know, over 1,500 years ago, the mode of baptism was changed. You can read this. It's online. You can read encyclopedias. The, the, the state church... Change baptism from, from where in the early church, and you, you read any theologian, they will tell you that baptism is about being fully submerged in water. And it has to be accompanied with repentance and faith. And this church, they introduced infant, little babies getting baptized. They called it baptism where they will sprinkle the water on the head. But the baby cannot have faith. It doesn't have the, the cognitive ability to repent. But they changed the rules. And so it no longer becomes a matter of choice to follow Jesus and be saved. It becomes simply if you were born into that family. So they, and you read the books, it's, it's all documented. They changed it from the way that the early apostles, the disciples baptized. And, and, and so uh, they, they changed it, but it's in the Bible, folks. Here's what the Bible says, Acts chapter 19, verse number 1. And number two, Paul was at Corinth, the apostle, and, and he was at the upper coast of Ephesus finding certain disciples of John the Baptist, verse number two. And he said to these guys who were followers of John the Baptist, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Amen. This is the same question that's relevant to us today. Have you, can I ask you a question? Say, I'm a believer. I believe. Well, have you received since you believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, old King James. And then Paul asked them, and then unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Now remember, at the beginning of the Gospels, John the Baptist started his ministry calling all of Israel to repent even before Jesus started his ministry. So he was in the Jordan River baptizing people as a sign. As, as some kind of gesture to show that they are repenting. And so he was baptizing them. But then here's what Paul says. He said unto them, 
Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. He said that baptism was good, but it was merely pointing to the Messiah. It was pointing to Jesus Christ who had not even begun his ministry. And when he began his ministry, and then watch this, verse number five, this is Paul. He's saying, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just like Acts 2.38. Because can I tell you, when that early church changed the mode of baptism to sprinkling water on infants, they removed the name of Jesus. They simply started to saying, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And, and that's, you know, they're taking it from Matthew 28, 19. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, here, watch this. Here's what Jesus said. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, who was Jesus talking to? To the apostles, to Peter. And when Peter got up, Peter did not disobey Jesus. But I submit to you, he obeyed the Lord by proclaiming and declaring the baptism must be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the name singular, no S after the word name, the name singular of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is none other than the name of Jesus Christ. That's why he tells them. Go back to Acts chapter 19. That's why he tells them that they have to be baptized. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Isn't it interesting that in the Christian world, we do everything in Jesus' name. We cast out devils in Jesus' name. Uh-huh. Amen. We've seen that. We, we pray for our food in Jesus' name. We even marry people. You know, the, the, the bride and the groom stand before the minister. And I say, I declare you husband and wife in Jesus' name. Amen. My, my, you know, my wife, she'll, my wife, she'll go to the car park in the mall, pray for a car park in Jesus' name. She always seems to get good parking. I, I, go figure. I don't know how that happened. But the most important thing that we can do that the apostles did was to have our souls saved and be baptized to wash away your sins. The enemy has come in and has changed the truth into a lie. But I submit to you that there is a restoration. There is a revival of the apostolic doctrine of the whole gospel. This is the final revelation, the final great awakening. The great awakening is none other than the revelation and restoration of the apostles' doctrine. And so I got some good news for you. We got this little sophisticated little tank over here. We got a water heater. It's got a filtration system. We even put some chlorine in there to make sure all of the sins are cleansed out. I'm just kidding. It's warm. We've got baptismal gowns. Even if you didn't bring change today, it doesn't matter. We've got gowns that can, you can be baptized in. And I've got that good news that today, if you so desire... You can be baptized. Wash away. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. I'm almost over with my introduction. I got to get to my message. No, I'm sorry. We're a multicultural church. We try to keep it short. <laughs> and so when the baby comes out, the water breaks, the baby's born. And then, you know... They, I remember they gave me the little scissors to cut the umbilical cord. How many of you dads remember that? Do you ever do that? You cut your baby's umbilical cord. I was so scared I was going to cut my children. Like. And then the doctor does this, this really weird thing. What's the next thing the doctor does? The midwife. The type of the baby. I, I used to picture in my mind that they'll grab the baby by its feet, hang it upside down, and smack the bottom. Why does it smack the bottom? It's cruel. To make the baby cry. That's slack. I think with my children, she did, the, the doctor didn't smack her. He, with Kiana, he just kind of rubbed her really vigorously. And when he did that, I heard, she, this almighty cry from this little, little tiny little body came out. And the doctor said, ah, yeah, she's breathing. Amen. That's what they do. 
The next thing that happens, there's a smack on the baby because they need to be able to hear that baby cry. There needs to be a sound. There needs to be some evidence, some sign that breath has come into the baby. Hallelujah. Watch this. Acts chapter 19, verse number 6. When they were baptized in Jesus' name, Paul had laid his hands on them. The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues. Amen. The spirit, the word spirit is the same word for breath. When they were born again, they needed to have the breath of God. And there was a sign, there was an evidence to tell them that they had the Holy Spirit, that they had the holy breath of God. I've come to tell you today, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Spirit of God. That's the final birthing, that the breath of God is indwelling in your spirit. And that soul that was dead in sin now is resurrected it comes back to life and your spirit is alive forevermore Hallelujah. I'm sorry again so loud the, the church folks in here have been here a long time why is he getting so excited he talks about that all the time that's why they're not getting excited But when Jesus said to be born of water of the Spirit, this is what he meant. You've got to have faith, repent, and then very simply be baptized to wash away your sins in Jesus' name. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise of his Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you can start again. Now I'm going to get to my sermon, but i got to close. <laughs> i got to finish. That there becomes a new normal, a new life. 19 years of age, coming to this church. It was in the old building in Belmore. Sat me right in the front row. Amen. I, again, you know, my, my brother came to my house. Come on, bro, we got to go to church. And, and the, the seed was already planted in there somewhere. And I said, I didn't know anything about Pentecost. I, I grew up in a church where you can hear a pin drop. I didn't know anything about this. And he said, come on, we're going to church. You got to put your best clothes on. I, I didn't have a suit. I, I just I went to my wardrobe. I looked at the, the best nightclub gears that I had on. Uh, looked at smelt oh yeah smell that smoke still put that on we caught a train on our way from Asheville to Belmore we were on that train ride and in that train ride my brother pulled out the Bible started pointing to me Acts chapter 2 Acts chapter 2 verse 38 Acts chapter 8 Acts chapter 10 Acts chapter 19 Acts 22 16 by the by the time I got into that church service they sat me in the front row the preacher finished preaching he made the altar call invited people to come to the front I literally took two steps forward amen and I was looking around the church and there the place was packed the people were going ballistic going crazy erupted in worship and praise and all I could think about was get me out of here this people just about lost their minds these people are crazy I'm not used to this kind of church I come to discover everything they did was in the Bible it's in the Word of God and so I said okay well I'll, I'll just hold on for a little while make sure these people don't jump on me but something got a hold of me there, there, there was a seed that was planted in here something started to turn in my heart something started to change I took two steps to the front you all know my story most of you believers already I knelt to my knees before God I didn't know what to pray I started praying the words the lyrics of a song that one of my brothers was singing all day in my house I surrender all and so I simply said I surrender all and at that moment I felt the Spirit of God just move upon me he within seconds I was filled with the Holy Spirit Oh, and all the drugs and alcohol I was taking to try and feel. It was all done. It was all filled. It was better than all of the Saturday nights in the clubs and in the pubs. It was the, I felt the love of God. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. And I was never the same again. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I stand before you here today as a living testimony that you can start again. I'm not held hostage by the mistakes of my past. I'm not defined. I don't find my identity by what I did yesterday. But God says I'm giving you a new life. I'm giving you a new identity. 
a new normal. Musicians, if you'd like to come, I got to stop. I believe God is working in this place. Hallelujah. This is the greatest message you will ever hear. I said it already. Not because of who's preaching. Because this is the message of salvation. This will ensure that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. This will ensure that when your life on earth is through, that you're going to spend eternity with God and not an eternity separated from God. And so it's in your hands. Power to be born. I remember my first child was a little late coming out. The midwife simply told us, it'll come out when it's ready. You don't, detect, you don't determine. The, the doctors can only guess. It'll come out when it was, Keanu was a week late. She'll come out when it's ready. And I want you to know nobody can will to you. Even God himself waits. Doesn't knock down the door of your life. He doesn't grab you by the nap of your neck and say, follow me. He doesn't twist your ear and say, come here. Doesn't twist your arms and say, come here, come here. No. He simply sends a preacher to scatter seed, scatter word. And wherever this word finds lodging, depending on what kind of soil or what, kind, what condition your heart is in, will determine whether that seed will find fruition. Hallelujah. Not even the prodigal father chased down the prodigal son. He waited until his son, the Bible says, came to himself and made his way back to the father's house. What, what is it? What, what is the secret formula to make a person be all who God wants them to be in living a new normal life in Christ? What is it? What, there is no secret formula. It's simply your choice. It's simply your decision. And Jesus is here saying, come to me, he says, all of you that are weary, that are tired of this life, tired of the sin we've lived in, tired of an emptiness, tired of a life without God, tired of an empty life without purpose or meaning. He says, come to me, all of you that are tired that are heavily laden with the burden of sin. And he said, I'm going to give rest for your souls. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a new life. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Would you lift your hands right now all over this building? Bless the Lord. If that's you today, if you're hungry, if there's a belief, if there's a semblance of faith in God, God's going to perform a wonder, a miracle right now, today, before the service is through. Everybody in this house, would you stand to your feet? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God is speaking to you right now. To not fear, man. Don't, don't fear those around you. But it's time now for you to make your calling and your election sure between you and God. Time to stop playing games. Time to stop procrastinating and delaying. But the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. And you've got you've got to do that. God's calling you to, to make your peace with Him. He wants to restore you and fill you and give you good things. That's God's love for you and I. And His love is here right now to restore. So if you would close your eyes right now, we're going to pray. And then I'm going to make an altar call and invite you to come out of your seats to this altar. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand before you today. Would God, with a heart that's fertile, a heart that's willing to receive your word, we cast aside our pride, we cast aside our stubbornness, our fear, our, our jealousies, all of these attitudes, Lord God, we cast them aside to receive your word, to receive your invitation into love, into a relationship with you. 
we come now open and responding to you that God you would fill us with your spirit that you would hold us our hand as we turn in repentance and begin to follow you and make a decision today in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah I want to open up this altar invite you to come out of your seats I wonder if we could come here together the church even believers right now I'm not saying that you're not saying that you've backslidden or that you've failed but but you're saying God I believe you and God will touch you if you need the gift of the Holy Spirit if you want the promise of God that he will fill you right now this altar is open why don't you come step out by faith and God will fill you if you simply want to pray a prayer of repentance and say Lord I'm sorry for my sins God I'm, I'm turning towards you why don't you do that today the Spirit of God is here you need the gift of the Holy Spirit he can fill you or you want to be baptized in Jesus name why don't you come to this altar if you need a miracle from God maybe you need healing in your body we can pray for healing maybe if you've been struggling with stuff in your life we can pray the devil off of you he can heal you he can deliver and set you free hallelujah this altar is open why don't you reach out to the Lord all over this building this is our time now to communicate with God and he'll fill us ministers and leaders ministers wives leaders wives connect group leaders please come and pray for those that are here today all over this building why don't you talk to God block out everything around you everybody around you and respond to his invitation to touch your life to fill you Yes, Lord. That's it. The Spirit of God is moving in this place. Let Him fill you right now.